Feel like you've got a lot on your plate, or maybe you've got so much going on it couldn't possibly fit on just one plate. You've got a lot of plates, fully loaded, spinning at full speed. Well, you're not alone, and you've come to the right place. I'm Liz Cerati. Welcome to Seven Plates Spinning, a podcast serving up ideas and inspiration for keeping all those plates in the air. Maybe it's because it's springtime, which generally puts me in the frame of mind to think about renewal and growth. Or maybe it's because I'm hopeful that we're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel on this long period of pandemic lockdown. But I've definitely been spending a lot of time lately thinking about the ideas of rejuvenation and resilience and reinvention. One dictionary definition I found online for reinvention is, quote, an action or process through which something is changed so much that it appears to be entirely new. I like that definition because it doesn't say everything has to actually be entirely new, just that it's somehow refreshed. And I like also that it said reinvention can be a process, not the flip of a switch, which feels much more realistic and less overwhelming. I think this spring in particular is a great time to think about a fresh start, whether that's in our career, our relationships, or even just our own mindset. We're starting to reemerge after this really challenging period of time, and it's up to each of us to decide what we want to get back to as soon as possible, like spending time with friends what we want to leave in the past and not reintroduce into our lives post-pandemic, I'm looking at you, long commute to work, and what we want to change up, to reinvent. This is a moment when we all have the opportunity to introduce some element of reinvention into our lives, which is why I was so excited when I reached out to podcaster Megan Francis, initially to talk to her about her podcast, The Mom Hour, And I learned that Megan is actually launching a new podcast called Mother of Reinvention. I assume that's you. You are the mother of reinvention. But it's also like, (laughs) but it's also sort of like you could be too. You know what I mean? We all are. Yeah, Yeah, we all are. Right. We all are. Sure. But Megan is kind of a reinvention poster child. On her website, she describes herself as a 40-something, nature-loving, divorced mom of kids ages 11 to 23, who is, quote, many career pivots in. I was curious how she evaluates each new move or pivot in her career, because in my experience, it can be scary to make a big change, and I do a lot of agonizing at every decision point. Yeah. So, you know, those movies where like there's a mathematician and they're doing calculus on the board. Uh, like I'm thinking, I think of like Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> hunting, yes. And all yes. you see is what looks like a jumble of numbers um, yes. that make no sense to anyone except like the one smartest person who can get it. I yeah. feel like that's how a brain looks most of the time. <laughs> it is very true that I've never met a reinvention. Um, I didn't love, that's a little joke that I make, but it's true. I really am always seeking out pivots yeah. and change and novelty, but I wouldn't say it's very strategic. My, str- my strategery, if there is any, it's <laughs> like just to always kind of keep my eyes open for new opportunities. Yeah. And, um, and there definitely is, I've gotten better at not just going off like intuition because sometimes intuition, sometimes 
that feels like intuition. Sometimes it's actually something else talking I've realized. And sometimes it's um, mm-hmm. fear of missing out. Sometimes it's um, fear that if I don't take this opportunity, another one won't come along. So I've definitely yeah. honed my ability over the years to jump on the right opportunities and to give, um, to give things percolating time. Like just having that sense that now is the time to act and to do something. And whether it's time to just dip your toe in or to go all out full on, those are all part of the calculus too. And I, I wish I could tell you that there's like a formula I apply. Method to the madness. But it, it's, yeah. There's no method. It's like, is this the thing I want to be doing? Is this the right time for it? If this is the right time, how much of my effort and energy can and should I give to it? And kind of mix all those things together and add, you know, like apply a little gut feeling and there you have it. And I wouldn't say I've had, you know, over the years I started as a magazine writer, I shifted into um, doing uh, like professional blogging, content marketing, Mm -hmm. podcasting. I wrote several books along the way. I don't look back at any of those big ones and think, oh, that was the wrong detour to take. But there were definitely like lots of little false starts that I just don't talk about. I mean, like there's lots of <laughs> we'll like gloss over I, those. Yeah, well, this well, I think we all have them, and we really think that that didn't ever happen to people who seem successful or seem like they have a lot of projects that worked out. There's a, a like probably a dozen false starts or things they changed their minds about. But you probably took something from all of those, right? I mean, I think absolutely. I did another episode where we talked about failure and and how you know failure is a good thing and it's an opportunity to learn. So it's like maybe you look at some of those steps you took as quote unquote failures, or you know those didn't work Mm -hmm. out how you planned for them. But I'm sure you took something from them that you absolutely yeah. And, And I also think that there's something great about aggressively chasing a goal, but you have to put some realistic timeframes around that goal. Otherwise, something that's just hasn't been given a chance could look like a failure. It's not a failure. It just hasn't had time. And I think that those really sometimes like overly aggressive goals around things just make things feel like bigger flops than they actually were. Like I said earlier, I first reached out to Megan to talk about her podcast, The Mom Hour, that she has co-hosted for six years now with her friend and business partner, Sarah Powers. Their show focuses primarily on topics geared towards moms of young kids. The mom space is such an interesting place to be. And I think that there's so much room for what we do, which is really encouraging and um, supportive and like an optimistic look at parenting without it being like syrupy sweet or what people are calling Mm -hmm. toxic positivity these days, like without (laughs) it just glossing, like we will always say this is hard. Yeah. Not the rose colored glasses. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is hard, but you can do it. And also um, it's all going to be okay, but here's some ideas that might make you feel a little bit better right now. So we like, we really just try to keep our eye on that big picture. I think that the biggest success is that new motherhood can be so lonely and moms want a voice in their ears. They want someone telling them, first of all, you, you're doing okay. Like you're, you've got this, you're going to be you're fine. You're going to survive. Yes. Yeah. But also, especially now um, in the last year with the, the pandemic, like you've got a friend, like someone's on your side. And I, and I think that those two things together, particularly in the last year have been really effective, but loneliness and motherhood are not, you know, are not pandemic new. Like those, no. those two things have always gone together. And loneliness is, of course, not unique to parents of young kids either. In fact, it may even be more of an issue as kids grow older and more complicated issues arise that moms may feel less inclined to share with those around them. 
For example, Megan said she and Sarah did an episode about a mental health issue one of her kids was facing, something a lot of moms of tweens or teens can likely relate to, but few are willing to talk about publicly. When you're going Mm -hmm. through something like there's a mental health thing, you don't want to talk to anyone, or you're going through a divorce, which I did like you did, that's lonely because that's like you feel like you are the only one who is going through whatever it is you're going through because no one talks about it. Yeah, especially as kids get older too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, everybody can get around, like, commiserate about potty training and babies not sleeping through the night. Right. I mean, like, that's like, that is wide open for complaining and commiserating. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that they're like high schoolers flunking out of school or their mm-hmm. middle schooler is depressed. Like, those are things they, first of all, they're bigger problems, bigger kids, bigger problems. They're personal to that child who now is their own, you know, fully formed human in their own right. And then there's kind of like shame around it because Mm -hmm. we think we can control things we can't control and Mm -hmm. that it somehow reflects on us when we don't, um, when we're not able to make everything fine for our kids. And moms of older kids, I think, are even more lonely in some ways. Um, Maybe that is socially isolated, but in the stuff they feel free to talk about. Yes. And so you're helping to surface some of that, which I think is, which is great. So in your new project in Mother of Reinvention, I love your focus on women who are reinventing themselves in in one of many ways, right? Their careers, their relationships, like reinvention can mean a lot of things. So what was your inspiration for starting the new podcast and what types of topics are you going to be covering? So I had kids really young. I've always been a little bit precocious when it comes, I'm like always a little ahead, (laughs) a few steps ahead. So I started noticing these changes happening in my mid thirties where I was like, okay, I'm, my kids are getting older. In addition to that, I was looking around and seeing like, you know, I was just one of many women in, I think I was 39 when my ex and I separated 40, when the divorce was finalized, like I was not the only one in that age range going through that um, Mm -hmm. or looking at the career I'd had and saying like, how do I revitalize this? Or how do I change this? Or looking at my, the fact that my kids were getting older and thinking, what are some things I just haven't done? Like I took myself on a, a six day um, hiking and camping trip that I mean, 10 years all ago. All by yourself? All by myself. So that. like the 10 years ago, the idea that I could have done that would have been so laughable. First of all, I don't think I even owned a tent at the yeah. time. And I, when I, when I camped and I'm putting that like big air quotes, it was like the kind where you, you know, drag your kids to a campground and then you try to keep them from like running away. And yeah. You drive the car up to camp. a site. And so you're still <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And I know that there are, there are moms who are very adventurous with their little kids. Um, but I had five and it just wasn't a priority for me. You have five kids. I do. Yeah. I have five kids. Yeah. That's a lot of camping so, gear. Well, and there was a whole decade plus of my life where I felt very chained to my home in a way. I mean, I would yeah. go to like writers conferences and things, but like mm-hmm. I really my my home life was so central to everything and like getting out was such a hassle. Mm-hmm. Um they're my their oldest and youngest are 11 years apart. So like it was basically a a full decade of like breastfeeding, pregnancy, <laughs> and diapers. It's just a blur. And so, that sounds exhausting. And then, well, then you move into the next decade, which is like, now they're starting to get bigger. They're starting, I can actually dip my toes in new things that I want to do, yeah. but like, I can't get away for a week. And suddenly I just had the opportunity to do that. And it, um, it was life-changing. But again, I, I always had this feeling like, it feels like everything is so urgent. Like if we don't do it now, there'll never be another chance. And I'm just seeing like, I feel so much better at 43 than I thought I would. When I was 33, I guess I had this idea that I'd be like all 
creaky and like rusty by now. And I'm really not. I feel great. And <laughs> I, know, I feel so like I'm just hitting my stride in my 40s. Yeah. I feel like like this is my best decade yet. I absolutely agree. And I think that there's just, that opens up the world of possibility mm-hmm. and reinvention, which is what it's all about. So this show is actually, um, it's just a lot of stuff about like just tapping into that and um, the possibility and embracing reinvention and looking at it as a positive thing, which I think all of us are going to face. Well, all of us did face this whole last year has been one long lesson in reinvention, right? But specifically to like moms in our forties, that's what we're all kind of going through. Yeah. You talked on your blog, I read one of your posts where you talked about the power of telling your reinvention story. Mm. What do you mean by that? Um, I have found that almost every time in my life when things feel out of control or negative or like it's something that there's a challenge, if I reframe it as something I'm intentionally doing, or if I reframe it as a challenge I overcame, say, Mm -hmm. that it suddenly feels positive. It feels like something I did on purpose. And it, it really has helped me look back at times of my life that were difficult, completely reframe them, and then find more resilience going forward. Because now I realize the story, maybe that my brain was trying to tell me, um, the negative side of my brain was trying to tell me, maybe it wasn't the whole story. And so yeah. I love the idea of talking about reinvention in a really positive way. Instead of, you know, maybe I lost my job, now I have to do something different. Maybe it's, I get to do something totally new. What's that going to be? Or instead of, you know, um, my kids are getting older and now I don't know what to do with myself. It's like, wow, look at this time that I have. I think talking about it and telling and shaping that narrative is really powerful. So um, mm-hmm. I, I just recommend people tell, tell that story all the time. And perception does become reality. And if you perceive the changes you're going through, a certain way. It's like you rewire your brain to find positivity in them and then to like see them as, as a net positive for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think most things that happen to us, you can, you have the choice of how you're going to process them, register them Mm -hmm. as a good thing or a bad Mm -hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Most things are not clearly either good or bad. It's really your choice and how you, I'm saying this to my kids all the time, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, so this happened. What was good? Like what maybe good came from that, you know? Right. Or, you know, and like something that they're super upset about. And usually you can find something, but we don't do that for ourselves to, a lot of times, right? right. Take a step back yeah. and be like, okay, what good came yeah. from this? Um, and to give yourself a little pat on the back. Like I did that. Like yeah. I did it. And yeah. I think that's something that's kind of hard for us to do sometimes, yeah. but really helpful. My friend Monica shared a Harvard Business Review article with me recently about late bloomers that came to mind when I was talking to Megan about her new show. The article was about the benefits of taking a long, winding path to find your purpose and true fulfillment in life. I loved it because it's like totally fits to what we're talking about here where it's like, you know, we shouldn't all be in such a rush to like find our one thing, settle into some path and just like stay there. You know, it's kind of, and they gave all these examples of all these people who are really well known and like didn't even start whatever they're famous for until they're 40s or 50s yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think yeah. even, you know, we're all blooming all the time. Even this idea that like, that's a place we're going to get to and then be like, look, I did it. I, I found my purpose. Like, I hope I'm still, I hope I'm still looking for my purpose at 80. Isn't like, that I in the movie, The Dirt? different life. <laughs> yes, I found my special purpose. He's talking about something very different in that totally line. Totally different, but, still, but I was like, I've heard totally that line different, before. But it's still a great line. Oh, I have too. Like, oh, bless his heart. Um, 
Yeah, but I think uh, I think that there is something to this idea. And I'm talking to, for example, my yoga instructor who didn't start until she was in her 40s going through a divorce, had a very different day job and mm-hmm. like said yoga saved her life. Like she found this path that yeah. helped her find control in a situation that felt very out of control. I'm talking to a novelist who didn't start writing until she was 44 and then sold a book like in a seven figure deal, um, her first novel in her fifties. So even she didn't even start till she was 44, but then she still had to have that perseverance to keep at it into her Mm fifties to sell the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I expect that those stories are more, they're more out there than we think because we look for the flashy stories, right? We look for the one where yeah. it's like someone became famous at 70 or like, you know, it's- Right, which is not required just, to find your fulfillment no, to become like a multimillionaire no. and yeah, right. Exactly. And and I do expect that just, just like when I was 23, I had no idea what my life would look like at 33. And by the time I got to 33, I was like, wow, look at all those things I wanted that I did. There's a little quotable that I see in memes and Instagram sometimes. And it's something like, I realized that the life I was praying for, like I have it, you know, like the thing I yeah. wanted, I got it. And I didn't yeah. even notice I got it. And same thing for me at 43, my life is unrecognizable to 33 year old me. And I expect that will be the same at 53 and 63. And however long I live, I'll just be late blooming like my whole life. And that's <laughs> late, great. Blooming. And I, <laughs> late blooming and not all of it's going to stick. I mean, there's going to be things I do and try that don't, that I don't stick with, mm-hmm. but like the more open I am to possibilities, the more likely I am to like, at least be on the right path for me at that time, even if it's not the path I'm on forever and ever. Yeah. And you don't have to be constantly going a million miles an hour. That's something I'm trying right. to remind myself regularly. And another thing I read on your blog was you talked about your fallow times. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You talked about like likening yeah. it to an agricultural fallow land and like taking yeah. breaks and restoring the nutrients to the land, which I loved that yeah. that analogy. And it's yeah, like, I can go, I can go really, really hard when it's time to go really, really yeah. hard. But my resting phase looks like sloth and I'm okay with that because <laughs> yes. you need it. You can't, you can't go hundred miles an hour all the time. Right. And that makes you then in turn, when you flip the switch on again, able to go harder and do it better and you know all that because you've restored you know you've kind of like restored yourself yeah what do you think 2021 holds for all of us in terms of reinvention you mentioned how we've gone through this period of like so much change so much change over the past year which really is here's an opportunity like we were talking about to look at like it it really sucked and yet like Mm -hmm. here's the opportunity it's presenting for all of us right like this is a moment for all of us to think about what we want to be and how we want to live going forward. Yeah. Well, it's we've definitely been through the ringer and we've mm-hmm. all learned that sometimes we can slow down and shrink our lives and focus on things that we maybe don't want to or like that are a little more um, small and not as flashy as what we would like. And that puts us in a great position to be ready for the next thing. And I do think that this coming back out, like this emerging from our holes, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. gophers blinking, in the, holes, yes. blinking <laughs> in the sunlight. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great time for renewed energy for people really tapping into like, now that we know what's really important, let's go hard after that. And maybe let's let some of this other stuff go. It's like the last year has been a preamble to the reinvention that I see coming. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about 2021 actually. And looking forward to see what, what we all do with it, the resilience we've all, we've all managed to channel 
and um, how we can put that to good in the world. The Mother of Reinvention podcast launched mid-March and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts or on Megan's website, meganfrancis.com, which I've linked in the show notes. That's all for today. Talk to you again soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please visit sevenplatespinning.com and subscribe to continue listening. And consider leaving a rating or a review on whatever platform you access the podcast. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.